Off the ball, cheering on the girls in green. I followed the Irish women since 1983. 82,000 people, that's going to be something else. There'll be a hell of a lot of Irish in that, and it'll be a hell of a game as well. Love off the ball, we really do love off the ball. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from off the ball. It's also a bit of a golden period for Irish athletics. I'm delighted to say Carl Denny is with us. Carl, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? You've been on this beat a long time, but it's never been as vibrant and as interesting from an Irish perspective, I suspect. Yeah, been on it about 10 years now and we've certainly never had uh, athletes with the trajectory that Rashida Adelecki currently has. I mean, she is probably... If you're talking about the world's best female 400 meter runner, she's probably number two or three at the moment. And a month out for a world, from a world championships and 12 months out from an Olympics, that's a, a very exciting place to be for Irish athletics. So she made her professional debut last night, um, and we can get into the semantics of the language, in a 200 meters event in Hungary. Yeah, she ran uh, 200, her first pro race since going pro and signing with Nike um, the other day. And she ran 22.36, which is her second fastest time ever. Her national record is 22.34, which she ran with a, a good tailwind back in Florida in April. And this was very impressive debut um, to run 200 metres in that time. It really, to me, it's impressive because she's gone from Texas to Hungary. I think that's seven time zones. She's gone across the world. Often athletes will have, be a little jet lagged and run a little flat and the American based athletes on their first race in Europe. Um, and she's done it right between two peaks. So her peak was timed for the NCAA championships, which were five and a half weeks ago. And she's obviously building up now towards the second peak, which is the world champs in a little over four weeks time. And she'll have taken a break after the NCAA Championships and just be back training now and building up the fitness again for those world champs. So to come out and start like that is highly impressive. And really, it was a rust buster to probably get her ready for the Monaco Diamond League on Friday night, where she'll be taking on the world's best over 400 metres. So the the 400 is definitely the, the career trajectory. But as a 400 metre runner, you can also run these 200s, which is useful for for Diamond League and for uh, championships if if it so works out that you want a Russ Buster at a major championship you can do that I suspect is that right? Yeah absolutely yeah she can always run these 200s to get ready and she is a European under 20 champion at 200 and was I suppose a 200 metre specialist until about a little over a year ago I suppose and so yeah she can keep doing these but I think the double at the world championships while she is qualified now for the world championships over 200 metres 99% she won't run the 200 metres at Worlds because the more, the final or the heats of the 200 metres are the are the morning of the final of the 400 metres. Right. Like seven or eight hours between them. So assuming she makes the 400 metre final, she won't waste her energy that morning by running the 200. But it's probably, she'll probably be entered though in case anything goes wrong in the semi-final or false start or anything like that. Uh, Sydney McLaughlin Leverone is, is a name that I think Derval O'Rourke brought up on the show with us before she obviously gets to test herself on, in Monaco on Friday against her she's gone from hurdles to flat um, like will that kind of show us where she's at in comparison to her I guess she's the one to beat Absolutely, yeah. Sydney is, you know, the queen of 400 metre hurdles. She's broken every record and won every medal there is to win in in that sphere. Um, and since then, she's looking for a new challenge, and that challenge is breaking what most people consider the unbreakable record of Marita Koch in the 400 metres. That's 47.60. Sydney hasn't got close to that, um, which speaks volumes about the legitimacy of that record. Um, but that's from that's. She's run 48.74 to win the US title last month or this month, Sydney. So that's about a half a second clear of Rashida 
Rashida's best time on season's best. So Rashida is definitely going to be up against it on Friday night. I wouldn't expect her to, you know, challenge her personal best to 49.20. But if she could run anything like in the mid 49 seconds, that would set her up perfectly. And I think really it's a good test and benchmark a month out for the World Championships about what she's going to be up against. Because it's not just Sydney. You've got Natalia Kazmarek in there, a very good Polish athlete who ran a national record of 49.48 last weekend in Poland. So just racing athletes like that. And I think even just stripping away the the respect that I suppose Rashida will probably have, even though she won't fear them. And just to get on the track beside them would be a great kind of acid test before she takes them on again at the World Championships. We were talking in the aftermath of the NCAA victory about the potential for going pro and what it actually means. Now that it's happened, does all of this make sense to you in terms of the the planning and, and how it's all going to work. Presumably Nike came in and were like, this is available to you now. Uh, would you like to take it? And the coaching situation is sorted out. And, and so what can you tell us about that kind of mechanics of that and, and what it means for where she is at the moment? Yeah, well, I'm not actually 100% on what her plans are, but I would be 99% sure that Rashida will stay based in Texas, at least until the Paris Olympics, under the guidance of Edric Floriel, because he's, you know, he... he, he He's guided her so well over the last two and a half years and her trajectory just keeps going upwards. And I know Rashida is very focused on education as well. And a lot of people I saw in the comments sections online were like, oh, why is she turning professional? She needs to finish her education. But that those aren't mutually exclusive. Normally, if you do turn professional and you want to finish your education, that would be built into your professional contract that Nike would pay the tuition for the rest of her education. And maybe it'll be next year. Maybe it'll be five years from now. But, you know, she would have the freedom and flexibility to finish her classes, I suppose, at Texas. I think she's only one year left. But in terms of her setup, yeah, I would expect her to be based at Texas. You know, Edric has coached many athletes. He did it when he was college coach in Kentucky. He actually coached Sydney McLaughlin of Roney before many years ago. So he'll know how to coach against her, I suppose. Um, he did have a group of pros. In recent years, he wasn't coaching any professional athletes in Texas, but he has said he would commit to doing it again for Rashida and, of course, the NCAA 100-meter champion, Julian Alfred. So it will change a little bit the the setup because as a professional athlete, you're not supposed to train with the college team anymore. So it could become more of a lonely existence. Um, there are ways around that. If they, I think if they put you in as a volunteer coach on paper, I think you might be able to continue training with the team. Um, but yeah, so it might just be a little bit set up and might be a little bit lonelier for Rashida next year. But ultimately, I think 95% of her setup will remain exactly the same. Is there a pathway there in terms of the timing, Cahill? Like, I guess the like turning pro in the third year of a of a Olympic cycle does that does that make sense in in your book? Like, I guess she has the next twelve months to structure as she sees as she sees fit. I think it absolutely does. I mean, people were saying, I know, even someone as respected as Eamon Coughlin I saw there and one of the off-the-ball clips saying, you know, from a few months back that he thought she should stay in college for another couple of years, but. I disagree, I suppose, primarily on a financial level because Rashida will never get a bigger offer than she's getting right now. You know, in terms of shoe contracts, they don't really reward what you're doing at the moment or what you've done in the past year. They, It's all a bet. It's a gamble and it's a gamble on potential. And the bit, the time to get the biggest offer by far is when you're on a steep upward trajectory. So if Rashida stayed in college another year and she was running 49.2 and winning NCAAs a year down the road, her offer would actually be way down on what it is now because her trajectory is so steeply curving upwards they're betting that she might be the next Sydney McLaughlin Leveroni and that's why big big offers will have been put on the table in front of Rashida by multiple brands over the last few weeks 
And yeah, it's no surprise to see she's gone with Nike because, you know, they, they sponsor the University of Texas and there is a link there with her college coach. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times ahead. And I think this is really the perfect time. You know, she's done it all and won it all now in the NCAA. So it's time to take her talent to the Diamond League. What kind of earning potential does somebody like Rashida Adelecki now have? Like when we were talking about big offers from the shoe companies, what, what kind of offers would they be? They would be, I, I was at the Oslo Diamond League recently and just asked a couple of agents this. And w- one of the US-based agents who's good, good experience working with NCAA champions, he, he said it's hard to know because with an Irish athlete, they, they wouldn't really reward your being Irish because basically the size of the market, you know, yeah, you'll be on billboards, yeah, you'll be on newspapers, but Nike might look at it and say, well, that's a country of 5 million people, you know, whereas like if you're that in the US and you're in a country of 300 million, it's worth so much more to them. So that would actually make her contract smaller than if she was an American running the same times. But the agent I spoke to estimated that a, a contract of between two hundred and four hundred thousand dollars and $400,000 a year would be being put on the table in front of Rashida in recent weeks. That's brilliant. And then now all of a sudden, of course, she's she's liable to win. She's capable of winning the prize money and accepting the prize money in the Diamond League. Um, is there an American equivalent to the Diamond League that we would have grown up with in Europe. What, what do professional runners in America? What are the? How do they earn their money in in races? They basically just come to Europe. Right. Um, yeah, the the pro scene in US is not great. There are a couple of continental tour gold meets, which is what the meet last night was in Hungary. Um, but that's one tier down from Diamond League, so the prize money is a little bit lower. The fields are a little bit less deep, and yeah, Diamond Leagues are up the top, and there's only is it. The New York, I think, is the only diamond. Or there's two diamond leagues. There's one in Oregon, and um, oh yeah, I think no, sorry, there is only one diamond league in in the US, and that's in Oregon at the in, in September every year. So most of the kind of professional circuit is based in Europe. So I think what we'd see from Rashida as we look towards the Paris Olympics will be that she'll probably run a few early season races like most Americans would do in April and May to just tune up a bit and then get over to Europe for a few races through June and July and then obviously the Paris Olympics will be end of July next year. You used the word trajectory there earlier, Cahill. Like, and we spoke with Vicky Walls, unbelievable Irish sporting story earlier in the show. Like, when you think about Rashida, like, to go from presentation college in, in Terenure and all of the sports that she tried as a, as a kid and a teenager, I think basketball and athletics were the last two left on the on the decision making list, and then to even go from the disappointment of Tokyo missing out on the on the team there to this a shoe deal with Nike, like this is this is one of the great Irish sporting stories. It really is, yeah. I mean, you would have seen it from many years coming, but there's so many athletes who've been as good as Rashida at the age of, or similar to Rashida in terms of exciting talent at the age of 14, 15, 16, who just fizzle out, burn out or fade away. But I think with Rashida, you have to credit, you know, it's... It, it's. I, th- I think there's three things with an athlete that makes them get to this level. It's their own discipline and drive, and she has that. It's having good parents around you who steer you correctly and are actually on board with what you're trying to do. And Rashida has that. And it's having a good coach as well. And Rashida has had that, you know, in terms of Johnny Fox, her juvenile coach, handed it over to Daniel Kilgallen. And Daniel's project for two or three years before she went to Texas was to just get her ready, her strong enough and mechanically sound enough to withstand what was coming at her in the NCAA. And obviously, Edric Floriel, a truly world-class coach, has just built on all that and brought her to the level she's at. And so I think, yeah, all those three things, you know, combine to make Rashida what she is. Uh, not to labour the point on the money, right? But just to... Cause we, we, we are always fascinated by the football contracts and that kind of is... Um, but in terms of Diamond League prize money then, like, what's the difference... 
uh, what is available to you if you perform well in the Diamond League over a 12-month period? It's pretty poor relative to other sports. You know, like you're talking about golf there a while ago and I'm sure the golfers would laugh. You know, if you finished 50th on the PGA Tour, you probably get more than you do for winning the Diamond League. But I think it's $10,000 for winning the Diamond League, maybe $8,000 for second. And then like Continental Tour, like the meet last night, I think might be four or five thousand dollars maybe for a win three or four thousand for second but at the diamond league final then i think you can, you can win like 40 or fifty thousand for first that would be in oregon in september so i'm sure rashida will be going there and then world championships there's prize money available as well i think that's maybe sixty thousand dollars for right. first and, that, and maybe forty thousand for silver something like that that's why you you need to be a business person as well as actually being an athlete it's a, a bit like the jockeys where you need to manage your career incredibly well to maximize your earning potential to give you the freedom to be able to train in the blocks that you you want to and and that's why any of these contracts that she has with any of her sponsors are going to be incredibly important in the coming years. Exactly because at the level you get to I know some Irish athletes once they break through to international level can can look at an agent and go like they're going to take 15% 15% is pretty standard. Sometimes bigger the contract, sometimes you can negotiate it down a bit. Like I'm sure Usain Bolt or someone when he was on 10 million a year from Puma might have been on 7 or 8% to his agent or something like that. But normally it's 15%. And a lot of athletes, when they get their first contract, might look at that and go like, what do you actually do to take 15% of my my earnings? You know. But I think the more I've been around the sport, the more you do see the value of an agent is absolutely massive because they're the ones who are negotiating to get you into a meet. And they're the ones who are getting you on a good lane in a lot of those diamond leagues um, and they're the ones you know who are sitting down with the brands and if one brand isn't giving you your value they have decades of experience to go well I know what this other brand is going to give you you know so ultimately an agent is an absolutely key element of it I haven't actually heard yet who Rashida's agent is but I won't speculate I've heard a couple of different people mentioned but um, we'll find out she's doing a, a round of interviews back in Ireland on Monday so I'm sure we'll we'll find out more about her path forward then the age profile, I guess, points to how this makes sense because, like, she's 20 years of age, and, and as different athletes have pointed out, uh, ex athletes between the age of 20, 23, 24, things can go wrong. I think Seb Coe said you're only ever a hamstring away from oblivion. So to do it now is probably the, the best time. Absolutely, yeah. This is the time to go pro and enter this world. And, you know, she's going to be, if she stays healthy, she's going to be out there on the pro scene for the next decade she's still only 20 we have to remind ourselves um, and you know the likes of Shawnee Miller-Weibo who she's a very similar athlete to Shawnee Miller-Weibo the two time Olympic champion of 400 because she is that kind of 200-400 athlete you know she's just out on maternity leave at the moment and making her way back she won't be back in time for the world championships but she'll definitely be back in time for the Paris Olympics and you know there's no reason this won't be the first of like three or four Olympics that Rashida can go to so I think this is the time to get out there get the experience under your belt and also you know Rashida ran about 50 races last year between relays and now the best one of all was the European final it was the 50th race I think or 49th race of the year but I think you know ideally if you're sitting down and planning a season and planning your peak I don't think any athlete would race that much and the fact she won't have the NCAA burden and I suppose it's been a blessing really because she's run well off it but I suppose just exhausting you and all the travel that's involved in that the fact she'll be able to spend her energy a bit more wisely and carefully next year I think can only be a benefit to her on the path to Paris. We we basically used all our available time talking about Rashida because it's such a big story at the moment but we shouldn't um, let the moment pass without mentioning Sophie O'Sullivan and the 1-2 with Sarah Healy at the Euro under 23s. How good could Sophie O'Sullivan be? Very good I mean she's 
bundles of talent. And I'd say the same with Sarah Healy, you know, they're both 22 years old and it was astonishing. And they both had different paths, but similar trajectories because they both struggled a bit coming out of under 20 level, just a rocky year or two. And they're both back flying now. They found that kind of consistency of training. And yeah, Sophie has the, you know, the she's built up the endurance base, but she has the wheels of her mum, Sonia, that we all saw coming home there in the last 100 metres the weekend. And Sarah Healy, it's great to see her back running so well. She's moved into a properly professional setup now over training in England with Trevor Painter, who coaches the Olympic silver medalist, Keely Hodgkinson. So very exciting things for them ahead. And we also had, I suppose, just to drop in a quick mention, Brian Fay and Andrew Coskrin of the Dublin Track Club training group with Phelan Kelly absolutely smashing the Irish records there at the weekend, both taking two seconds off the 5, 5k and the 1500 metre records. So, very exciting times. And then, when you look to junior level, Nick Griggs with an Irish under 20 record in foul conditions at the Morton Games as well. So, I think the middle distance is definitely making a huge resurgence for Ireland, and we'll see a lot more Irish athletes lining up in European and maybe even world or Olympic finals. But I think, yeah, in terms of medals, I think Rashida is the one to look to for the next couple of years. Carl, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Thank you. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.